welcome back to another episode of Keys and D Minor. This is episode five. I am your co-host Key. I'm here with my man Nige. Today on the podcast, we will be discussing the Grammys, and we will also be talking to international rap artist Young Sam, and he'll be playing us unreleased music from his upcoming project before I depart. How's it going, Key? Man, it's going good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, let's get into these Grammys, though. That's, okay, I'm, okay. I'm kind of itching over here. Okay, Love okay. Dreamville, but let's talk about them because, you know, every year, me personally, I'm at this crossroads where it's like, like, screw the Grammys. Like, we can't use that as the only validation for, like, upcoming artists, for right. black artists specifically, right. like, all that. But when your favorite artists do win Grammys, you feel like this like weird, overwhelming joy as if you just won it or something right. like that. So I kind of don't, I don't know where I sit with the Grammys right now. But this year's, I would say it was pretty, I would say it was pretty good. Last year's was a little bit of, it was a little tough because it was like a COVID production type of thing. They right. did the best they could. I like that they gave Trevor Noah a second chance because despite last year's Grammys being a little strange, I think he did good as a host. Right. So it was good to get him in a, you know, a real venue in Las Vegas and let him, you know, do his thing as host and interact with artists personally and have more fun with it. So I enjoyed that. The production aspect of the show I thought was good. There were some performances we'll talk about that I think we both really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, I still feel like they're missing the mark with these black artists, even in one where, I mean, at the end of the day, black artists won a lot. Right. You know, at this Grammys. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan got recognition. You know, Anderson Pack, who's part of Silk Sonic, got recognition. Love that so much. Um, Doja and SZA got recognition. And then John Batista as well. Right, he know. won Album of the Year. A black artist won Album of the Year for the first time in who knows how long, right? right? So all of that is awesome. But I feel like when it comes to hip-hop, there's still like a missing element of just attention to detail from mm-hmm. the committee that votes on the Grammys. Right. Let's. Can we start there? Yes. All right, I know you have thoughts. So Most definitely. Like, All right, so one thing that I... I didn't like was uh, rap song of the year. So, you know, Kanye won best rap song. <laughs> oh man, this is like a time machine episode. We're gonna have, to have the Donda <laughs> argument again. So yeah, probably. Kanye yep. won best rap song, and I didn't agree with that. Because um, if you listen to the song, <laughs> Kanye doesn't rap. Uh, Jay Z does rap for a little bit, but. I don't think that that should have won best rap song in that category. I feel like Family Ties uh, and My Life by Jake, Family Ties, Kendrick Lamar and Baby Keem and My Life by J. Cole and 21 Savage were way better, you know, uh, rap songs, actual rap songs than Jail. But, you know, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, you think I'm going to see? You think I'm going <laughs> to jump in and start yelling? No, I'm not going to scream at you on that one. I think those are fair takes. Although I do want to point out a distinction, right? Because the song you mentioned, Family Ties by Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar, um, it did win something. It won Best Rap Performance. Yes, sir. So I think just, you know, for the audience's sake, I want to point out that Best Rap Performance is usually more about the lyrical aspect mm-hmm. of, of what makes the song good. And then Best Rap Song is a more, is the bigger package. Like I think the song elements, like the production and the writing, all of that is kind of put into one. Right. And even still... Maybe it's a jail shouldn't have won anyway, but right. I'm not gonna be mad at it because Kanye and Jay Z are goats. But they got plenty of those at the house, man. Right. That's the thing. Like they they're both tied for you know most hip hop Grammys with 24 each. Right. So they got plenty of those at the house. Let's get J Cole a Grammy on a song of his own. I see what you're saying. Right. But um, yeah, I think 
even when it comes to mm, the hip hop, because <laughs> what here's we'll do we'll go negative, positive, and then if there's negative at the end, we'll go back. Right. But the hip hop stuff is just is just strange to me, right? Because then if you go to best rap album, <laughs> we had the off season by J Cole, certified certified lover boy by Drake, right. who dropped out. He doesn't even care about the Grammys anymore. Biggest rapper in the world does not care. Doesn't validate them in any type of way. We have King's Disease Two by Nas. King's Disease One this time last year won it. Won it. And I feel I, it's not that the album isn't good. It's not that Nas isn't a goat, but it's like I feel like they threw him in there again just to be like, hey, this is easy. Like it's a layup. I just feel like they're not really. Call me if you get lost. One and Donda, to me personally, was probably like the runner-up in that category. I know you just think Donda's like the worst thing ever, but I'm I. But funny enough, in pre-production, you were talking like you had gripes with Call Me If You Get Lost winning Best Rap Album. I don't. But what were those gripes? You know him winning rap album. I feel like it's more of like R and B to me. To me, it's R and B. But at the same time, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go out and say this. I have not listened to all of Call Me If You Get Lost. So, in my opinion, I'm I'm like no. This is a fact. I'm hating. But uh, yeah, definitely, if you haven't listened, you're definitely but given that solidified opinion. I, that's hate. I'm, I'm hating. I'm hating for sure. But like, I feel like the off season deserved to win that category. You know what I mean? Like. From front to back, it's all rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, you know, you you hear "Call Me If You Get Lost," it's not all rap. You know, there's elements of R and B inside there as well. So, like, if there, why would you have an album that has you know those elements of R and B? Like, how many songs? Like, you listen to the album, right? Right. Does he have R and B songs in there? Um, I think maybe. Here's the thing. I th- I would say like maybe two to three, but I think some of the, like because later up for like another category was best melodic rap performance, right? Right. So that might be what you're thinking of because there's that right. song. It's probably the most popular song on the album. Right. Um. What's your name with him and NBA YoungBoy and they're crooning on it. What's your name, girlfriend? What's your name? Yeah. What is your name? What do you bring? Yeah. I think that I got what you need and I'm willing to do anything that you please. But I think overall. This was like real gritty rap from him right. on a majority of the track. So I recognize it as a, you know, as a pure rap album. But I know that I just think it's interesting, though, because he wins for that. Right. Mm-hmm. So with J. Cole and Tyler, the creator, we can argue, you know, who we think should have won all day. And then someone can still come in and be like, well, actually, Donda. But right. I just want to get back to the Grammys aspect of it where it's like, OK, last time Tyler was like, he drops about every two years and he right. always, you know, sweeps at the Grammys or does whatever he does. So last this time, two years ago. He put out Igor, which mm-hmm. to your point, your correct point when it when we're talking about Igor, is that that was meant to not be a hip hop album. Right. That was something else, R and B or maybe even something because it's like if you're not rap, you're R and B. If you're black, maybe it was even something else beyond R and B. But it was a more soulful melodic album, not meant to be considered a rap album. Right. And it won best rap album because Tyler's a rapper and he's black, so we get put in these boxes. That's what I'm talking about. And so then that leads that leads <clears throat> me to think about okay. I couldn't believe this. None of the rap categories were televised. The Grammys is about the TV aspect of it. Like, yeah, like people get their awards regardless if it's on TV or not. And then you see your favorite artist tweet about it. But like Lil Baby, we've already crowned him as like the Prince of Hip Hop on this podcast. Like, where is his TV moment? Right. His his Grammy matters. And he's a big superstar in music, not just rap music, music period right now. He's he's a chart topper. He's had a huge last two years and we can't even get him on TV. And Tyler not getting on TV is so weird to me because he had a rant 
about what we're talking about right now. Hey, this wasn't even a rap album to begin with. I'm glad to be recognized for my talent and my art, but it feels like if you're black, it, you're just put in this box, yeah, like we just said. For sure. And so now he can't get on TV this year. I think that that's very interesting and very. I'm skeptical of that. I yeah. I think it's always weird where you know, like, like you said, all these. None of these categories were televised, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's that's weird. And like to your point, like last time Tyler Crater did win, it was televised. Mm-hmm. And also and he said the wrong thing, right? And now he can't get on TV no more for right. an album just as good. And then also you brought up another uh, point of like, if you're not rapping, then if you're black, then you know you go on the R and B. But like it, it reminded me of that time, like when you know when Lil Nas X when he dropped you know Old Town Road for the first time, mm-hmm. everybody was labeling the country music. I still feel like you know country song. I still feel like that was a country song. But then later they established it as an art, like a hip hop and R and B song. Right? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I just. I just feel like when it comes to the Grammys, they can't get the number one <clears throat> genre that represents us musically right now, hip hop, correctly at all. Ever. But they will for sure use those artists to sell the show. Like, oh, like Donda's up for album of the year. It was never winning. Like, you know what I mean? Of course. Kanye's a final it was never winning. All right. Um They'll give they'll give Kanye a Grammy, but it's not on TV. They'll give Tyler a Grammy, but it's not on TV. Like, oh, no one cares about Lil Baby, you know. But we'll, but we'll have like Lil Nas X performing, you know. Shout out to Nas. He got his first Grammy last year. Yeah, and he's I, been that's he's been in the game for twenty five though. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? So he got his first Grammy last year, and so now he gets to come here and do his like victory lap because his performance he performed one song from his new album but everything else was just a compilation of like sorry Nas like we've been like cutting you off from like mainstream Grammy success this whole time so just perform all your best songs like whoever does that right right even the legacy acts always perform their new stuff he performed one new song in a compilation of his old best because it's like it was almost like a Grammy apology right so they just kind of do whatever with I, their... <laughs> I noticed that yeah <laughs> that was a good observation and it was fire right the whole room was standing up for him right even the white artists they're like let's go even they know they're artists too they know what Nas is Right, but like to a broader television watching audience, the Grammys could care less about hip hop, but they'll use it to sell the show or to make it better. See, they didn't play it because see, we're gonna be the only podcast talking about some of this stuff probably, because they did for fa- they did give a lot of awards to some deserving artists, right? For sure, and some deserving black artists. So they they did they always do just enough to bring us back every year. I'm gonna be on this podcast <laughs> again this time next year, giving the same rant, right? And the, you know what I mean, so. But I'm still gonna have watched it three years straight, right? Right. So, um, one one thing I do want to shout out is you know uh, what prompted you know the creation of uh, Keys in D Minor. Oh yeah. Silk Sonic sweeping the Grammys, winning four or winning every category that they were nominated in. I just want to give a shout out to my man Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. And let's tell the story. So, you know, me and Key, we're podcasters, but, you know, we're, we're writers first, right? And so um, last some, a few months back for the State Hornet, we wrote a review on the Silk Sonic album, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack's, um, you know, introductory collab tape. And it killed. And the album killed. And then we we're like, how can we take our, you know, music analysis a step further? And that's how Keys and D Minor came to be. 
And now, like he said, they're over here sweeping awards. So it felt <laughs> it felt like we swept. Right, right. We got we got four Grammys to our name <laughs> yesterday. I was over Sunday. there, you know. I was <laughs> celebrating with him, you know, when I got up and was like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so Silk, Silk Sonic <laughs> is our people, man. Um, and I'm happy for them, right? See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I can be as mad as I want about Tyler and Lil Baby not being on TV, but I'm like genuinely happy, right, for like Anderson Pack, you know, getting his Grammy love, his mainstream love. Um, right. Doja and SZA, you know, getting what they got for Kiss Me More, which we literally talked about on this podcast the last episode. That was a moment because she a cried a few for times. Sure. She almost she almost didn't make it to her speech because she ran to the bathroom right, right before they started <laughs> announcing names. So that was funny. But even beyond that, like that was SZA's first Grammy. Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsense. Like her album uh, Control. Control, one of the best R&B albums I've ever listened to. Hey, you got a girl. Yeah, you want me? How you want me when you got a girl? And I don't even know how she'll follow that up. I'll be ready for it, but right. like, that album is so good. So nothing. What, what made me mad about that is she got nominated for I'm not sure if I'm right about like five or six Grammys for that album, and she didn't win anything. And that's how they do black folks. like <laughs> like. That's but so like I'm I'm real glad you know I'm real happy that she had you know her Grammys moment finally mm-hmm. you know. How about some of these? How about some of these other stuff like like pop, like Olivia Rodrigo? She deserved it. Yeah, we got it. We got to give her credit for sure. She deserved you know every award that she won. Because mm-hmm. uh, Sour, like one again, was one of those big albums that dropped last mm-hmm. last year and a good album. You know, it was really good because I think sometimes because that's the thing, right? Like sometimes when we have to make the clear distinction between black music and other forms of music, mm-hmm. like it's not that we're saying like only black music is good. Right. Exactly. Oh my God, I love Dua Lipa. Oh my goodness, I love Olivia Rodrigo. Billie Eilish kills same. it. You know what I mean? But it's just we have to make clear that it's how triggering you know the aspect of how you know black artists get done. Right. You know actually is, but like, right. I'm I'm happy. I'm ha- I'm happy for all these artists that you know got their shine. Also, I want uh, to some of the performances up. for were great. Oh yeah, my favorite BTS? performance, BTS, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even listen to their music, but like after, also Billie Eilish had a good one too. Um, but like after listening to that or like watching the BTS performance, I was like, shot listen to them. Right, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. The J Balvin <laughs> performance, you remember that one? Right, yeah. Like all of that fire. Right. Um, and also, I just wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, real quick about the album of the year going to John Batiste. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm keep 100 with everyone. I've never heard of this this artist, and I've never listened to this artist, and I feel so bad. Because um, it's a brother. It's a brother. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like it's 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 in my you know my genre of music that I listen to R and B. So like I feel so bad for not listening to him, but like his performance at the Grammys, since we're talking about, it was really it was good. Amazing. He it was standing was amazing, on the table man. right in front of Billy. Right in front of Billy. Yeah. <laughs> he was just dancing on the table. They was having <laughs> Billy and Phineas was chopping it up with a mid performance. Right, and then like also something I wanted to bring up is that he won Album of the Year as an R and B artist, but he didn't win the best R and B album. So <laughs> the like, Grammys just does stuff. How does, bro. How does that just playing. work? <laughs> yeah, the Grammys. The Grammys is. Oh, the Grammys. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know, but the performance, see, but I think 
when you take away the award aspect of it and just focus on how talented these artists actually are, I think that's the redeeming quality, right? Right. Because like I got like the album of the album of the year. You know, maybe I'm just uncultured, but I, like you, <laughs> didn't I've heard of John Baptiste at least. Right. I think it's Baptiste, not Bat but either way, I've heard of him before, but I haven't dug deep into his music. Definitely didn't listen to his album in full. Right. But he won and I'm sure he deserved it, right? For sure. But it's just like the Grammys put me on, so that's good. Right. That happened to me last year too with this group called Black Pumas mm-hmm. for this song called Colors. I hadn't heard it until it was Grammy season, but once it happened, I was glad I did. Right. You know what I mean? So that like that aspect of it is cool, but again, it's like he can't win the R and B category, so it's just it's just confusing. Right. Like I don't really understand because I know that, that there's a committee, right? Yeah, for sure. But. Like what are they doing? <laughs> like what? How does this go? Who is on the committee? Right. <laughs> Who are these people? And what is the criteria? Because that's the thing that's funny. I think anytime you talk about awards, whether it be music, whether it be sports, even like when like MVP type of stuff, like when there's no clear cut out criteria for like what we're being judged on, it's like people coming together in a room with the door closed. It's uh, it feels as though they're kind of just like covering their eyes and picking like right. they're throwing darts at a board right that's what i i i almost feel like with some of these awards that's kind of how it came out but you know every once in a while like we said you get some like really deserving ones cuz like silk sonic like they deserve those awards for like, sure olivia rodrigo best new artist that is like that's the easiest layup of i can't think of an easier layup at the grammys than right. like her you know doing that and so it kind of it balances itself out a little bit but mm. Performance wise, what was your favorite though? We can we can cry about the awards, but the good stuff. What was your favorite performance of the night? Okay, so if I had to pick a top three, I would say my f- <clears throat> some. Uh, I would start at number three. The Silk Sonic uh, mm-hmm. intro to the Grammys was yeah. really good. Seven seven seven. I would say number three for me. I would say number three for me would be uh, Nas mm-hmm. because. Okay, so so I got Big Nas and Lil Nas on mine. Okay. So the original OG Nas is probably my number three. Okay. Um, I thought it was even though I complained about it earlier, it's a weird thing to do, mm-hmm. but I'm glad it happened. Right. That he got to just perform all his you know old hits from 25 years of music right. making and only perform one that he's actually nominated for. It was a little strange, but it's Nas. So when you're OG, you do what you want. Right. So that was cool. So I appreciated Nas getting his shine at, on the Grammy stage finally, because like last year when he won Rap Album of the Year again, not televised, didn't get to accept it after 25 years of snubs. So this was cool. Right. Um, number two. I got Billy and Phineas on my list as well. They was on that house rocking. The Man. rain was pouring down. I thought it was good. I just liked seeing Billie Eilish at the Grammys, period. Like, the way she was just... She's one of those artists that if she's up for a category and someone else wins, like, the camera pants her and she's not, like, pouting. Right. You know what I mean? She's happy. She's she's happy. She's clapping. She's, like, during their performances, like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? I appreciate those type of artists. Me too. I don't like when we pan the camera and you lost, but you already have, like, 10 Grammys and <laughs> you're just still pouting. Like, what are you crying about? <laughs> you just you just swept last year. What's your problem? Right. So, Billy's cool. She's a vibe at the Grammys. I appreciate that. And my favorite performance was, uh, gotta give it to Lil Nas and Jack. Lil Nas can perform. Yeah. See, my thing with him is I feel like he has like he has hits but i never find myself diving deeper into anything but the hits but that's just like a personal thing like i'm sure all the music is good but i really just know him for his hits right but even then like man does he know how to perform them hits you know what i mean right he's going he's going to bang out the same three songs over and over again until (laughs) and he's just but he's gonna make it good natural performer for sure yep so um he would i have him at number Oh, that was my number one, yeah. That was your number Jack one. Jack Harlow came out. He came in real smooth. Yep. They was kind of censoring him a little bit 
But then they was letting Justin Bieber say words in his performance that I feel like they shouldn't have been letting him do. So I feel like that was weird. <laughs> Grammys is just weird in general. Is that the major takeaway? Yeah, for sure. Say so Grammys is good. Grammys is good. Artists are great. Yeah. We love to see them celebrated. And yeah, we love to see them celebrated. And but boy, are they strange. <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> I stack up the hunters and blow out the fences. I started with a dollar, now I'm just trying to get filthy. No metro booming, but I want some more. My jokes hit the mall, I just buy at the stores. I'm rapping my city, you know where I'm from. From Saxon to LA, we turn up the clubs. Nah. We are just dream chasing. Trying not to live basic. Now to see me, I'm starting. Alright, well, we're sitting with this week's uh, special guest, artist Young Sam. So y'all, how y'all doing? <laughs> doing good, doing good. So you're a local Sacramento product, right? But your musical journey is a little deeper than that. Uh, Samuel Casca is the name. Go by Young Sam in Sacramento and all over the region. Uh, born overseas, raised in Nigeria, moved out to Sacramento at the age of 10, 11. And I've been out here grinding since, you know, just finished school. Sting is up. <laughs> Sacramento, <laughs> Sacramento proud, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little bit about me so far. Sac State musician, Sacramento musician. Yes, sir. UK musician. You, Nigerian exactly. music. Global. <laughs> Try to be global. You global, you know, global exactly. superstar. You got all the Infinity Stones. Yes. <laughs> all right. So before we get a little bit into your music, yes, let's just talk about music in general. Uh, I like to ask the artists every time they come on um, a little icebreaker question. So if you were on a deserted island and could only listen to what album, what would it be? Oof. Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, Ready to Die by Notorious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the Biggie for us? My yes, sir. The, the classic. Yes, sir. And why is that? Uh, I don't know. Like Before I originally settled in Sacramento, um, I, when I first came from overseas, I stayed in New York for like a few months. Okay. And that's when I really started getting into like American hip-hop. And even prior to that, like my mom would always send us like um, old CDs and stuff like that. And it was like majority of East Coast stuff. So like mm-hmm. that was when Fifty was blowing up, Ja Rule was okay. blowing up, Ashanti and all that. But the more I got into like the hip hop roots for the states, uh, it, I gravitated more towards that East Coast sound. Yeah. And you know, like listen to a lot of Biggie, Notorious, and Nas and Jay at that time. And the like the storytelling behind like Notorious's music is what like. I kind of base my foundation of my music on also is just okay. telling life stories and explaining situations, you know, as they come and go. So, yeah. And I would love to talk about that a little more because we're going to talk about, you know, your musical journey, you know, having different backgrounds and how that impacts your music specifically. Yes, sir. But I think you made an interesting point just about how, like, because you've moved around, you know, how your sound for the music that you like to listen to has, you know, kind of changed and developed over the years. So yes, can sir. you talk about that? Yeah, um, most definitely. Uh, growing up, I was definitely into Afrobeats, Afropop, mm-hmm. okay. you know, growing up overseas. And um, I grew up listening to artists like Two-Face, which is like Nigerian artists, mm-hmm. Two-Face, DeVito, Wizkid, yeah. and all of them. Okay. And then the more, like, I settled in the, in the American stratosphere, it became more so, like, you know, Biggie, Pac, Nas, mm-hmm. Snoop, and all that. But at the same time, like, the environment I grew up in wasn't so like gangster. Like I couldn't really relate to what they're saying, except yeah. for, like I can still kind of relate to what they're saying because yeah. you know like everybody has some similarities in the story. Whether it's the area you grew up in, like it might not be personally affecting you, but like you know you see poverty out there, you see homelessness, and mm-hmm. you can hear it in their music. You can't physically like you know you you're not physically experiencing it, but you can relate to it because you're seeing these things. So like that just kind of took a form on like how I wanted to write my music, like. 
uh, I have certain songs that depicts, you know, situations that I've experienced or I've seen around like friend groups and stuff like that. Like I, I'm not telling it from my point of view, but I'm trying to narrate their story because you know. I want to get their word out. I want to make their story known. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. And do you feel like that's something American hip hop kind of helped? Oh yeah, most definitely. Bit? Yeah, definitely. Because it, it's a whole different transition from the Afro beats, where it's just you know let's dance and you know let's have some fun, the mm-hmm. uh, reggae sound and stuff like that. So it's more like uh, a lot of my new sound has been more melodic, piano, guitar based, where right. it's just like you know I want to rap. But at the same time, I want my raps to make sense. So like, whoever's listening to it, I want to tell my story. Like, a lot of people ask me, like, what is your song about? Like, what are your songs about? And I tell them, like, my songs are about my life. Like, mm-hmm. I literally live my real life, and then I go in the studio and write about it. Like, you know, that that's what makes me... Um, that's what I feel like that's what makes me stand out for myself, especially as an artist. Like uh my recent song that just dropped is called Six AM in London. Yeah, mm-hmm. you heard that one. And literally yeah, literally <laughs> wrote that while I was out in the UK. I was out in the UK doing a couple shows and um after my shows I went to the studio and then it was around five thirty, six AM and then I wrote the song and we can even do a lyric breakdown on it and I can show you guys like a couple things where I'm talking about like it stands out to me at the current moment, and then a week later, two weeks later, I dropped the song because I was like, "That was the perfect time for it." Because yeah, that's exactly what I was going through at the moment. Right. So, I love that. And you know, you mentioned you know you've been in a lot of places, moved to a lot of different places. And at what point uh, did you you know start creating you know your music? Have you been writing for a while? How did, how did that work out for you? Uh growing up, like. <clears throat> You know, I've always been the kid with the accent, so I like I stood out a lot. So right. like growing up, I never really spoke much, but like I wrote a lot of what I had to say down as a journal or like um, poetry. And then when I was eleven, we had joined this church, and I became the uh, drummer for the church okay. choir. So that's like my main introduction into music right there. So I became a drummer. And, you know, at the time, my mom was like, oh, learn how to play the piano. And I was like, nah, like, probably later. Like, the drums were so enticing to me because it's just the beat. That's what carries the whole sound. And uh, older I got, like, senior year of high school, I started writing raps. But, like, I never really took it serious because, you know, everyone had that, you know, college, go to college, get your degree, and then get a job mentality where it's like, oh, this isn't really going to work out for everybody. But, like, I stayed with it. And then um, after after high school, you know, I hit up my friend Travis. He has he had a camera at that time, and he just got into photography. So I was like, hey, let's experiment with like videos and stuff too. So he's like, all right, well, if you want me to shoot videos, I need you to start writing songs and putting your songs into like, you know, lyric formats so we can start recording videos to him. Right. So that was pretty much the push that you know got me into like putting my music out there in the world. So that's what's up. And um, you know. Is there like a difference between, you know, how how's it being a rapper in like, you know, the United States compared to overseas? Oof. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a difference only because like, like I said, like mine's is like very piano and guitar heavy bass. So it doesn't really have that rhythmic like bass to it where, you know, it's just like, let's dance, let's have some fun and stuff like that. So I'm trying to like balance the market, like, you know, right. what a lot of what like American sound sounds like is what I'm basing my music on, but in the UK, there's, like, a lot of, like, 808s and, like, technically what they call UK drill now. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, like... I was, I, was, I was holding it in. I was holding it in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, like, a lot of UK drill with, like, the 808s, like, shout out 808 Mellow and stuff. Right. So, like, 
that sound and then taking it taking that sound and then going back to like my Nigerian roots. It's just three different like yeah, that's what's me, that. just three different cool. like um triangles I'm trying to like, you know, fit in, but at the same time like I don't want to fit in because I just want to create what I feel like creating. Right. Like don't get me wrong, I have songs where like I have Spanish speakers on there because I you know, I speak Spanish also, so like oh we God, rap in Spanish. So I have songs that is catering to like not even my roots, where it's just like the um, Hispanic roots mm. and stuff like that. So like I just try to like create has like as I'm feeling, like you know, right. if I'm whatever I'm feeling is what I want to put out to the world. So yeah. What I wanted to ask is, you know, we we looked up your IG and it says on your IG it says I seen on TV or heard on the radio. Yes, sir. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, uh, after, you know, me and my friend Travis started taking music a little more serious and getting some videos out and, you know, just trying to make a name in, just in Sacramento in general at the, at the start of it, um, we had released a song called Sacramento Proud. I heard that. Mm-hmm. That was, like, my first, like, official introduction to, like, the Sacramento music scene and stuff. So, uh, you know, I was very grateful because, like, I just thought it was going to be a song that I put out to be like, hey, you know... I'm here, right. but then it ended up becoming something way bigger than I expected. Like I was able to get the songs to the Sacramento Kings at the time, so they used it for promo videos. Oh, for real? And yeah, that led into like KCRA three, you know, posting it on their Twitter, and then that got me like a TV booking at um, ABC ABC ten first. And I was like, all right, cool. Like okay. you know, at first, you know, when you get that first, like I I still remember that day specifically because. I got the call and they were like, "Hey, this is ABC Ten, and we, you know we heard your song. We're trying to book you for one of our segments called Sack and Co, which is like um, an introduction to like Sacramento market stuff." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Who is this, bro?" <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. it caught me so off guard because like I expected it, but at the same time, I didn't expect it to be that soon. Right. So like you know, shout out to God was was definitely looking out for me <laughs> for that one. So got that, and then like two weeks later, um, Good Day Sacramento called, and you know. Ooh. It just started going off from there. Fox 40 called, and then I got some connections to someone from iHeart, um, iHeart Media out here in Sacramento. And ever since then, like we've been in partnership. If I have a new song I want to put out, and I want like I wanted to do mainstream like type, like type progress, I take it to iHeart and they'll put it on the radio stations, do an interview, you know, just help me go on with that. So that's pretty much the yeah, that's that's the story, the background to that. So. So yeah. you like pretty well like established right now. Kind yeah, of. yeah, I'm I'm established in the Sacramento region, but you know the goal is to take it a lot bigger. Yeah, like um, I just came back from London in February. I had three shows out there. Okay, and I'm going to France. I'm going to Paris Ooh. in December. I have a couple shows out there, so I'm trying. To, <laughs> I'm just trying to branch out as much as I can and just see the world. But at the same time, you know, and do what I enjoy doing. So, and I feel like you, you know making music in London and performing in London gives you a lot of value as a guest on our show personally because we've had a lot of good artists on the show so far that are also Sacramento based but I'm I'm sure some of them like it's the dream to be you know performing overseas and recording yeah, overseas sure. and doing this it feels like like obviously you're still upcoming and on your way up but you kind of have you've kind of got a little taste of superstardom just by oh, yeah, you know man. what I mean it's like crazy, what's that? <laughs> like talk it's about it <laughs> no it's pretty crazy cuz like like I said this is things like you dream of like when you're when you're planning those steps out, these are things like you see yourself doing until mm-hmm. like you're actually doing it and you're like, man, this is really crazy. Cause like right. once I, it was a 14 hour flight and while I was on the flight, I was like, man, I'm really heading back to the UK right now. Like this mm-hmm. is crazy. Like I'm not just back here to visit people. Like I'm back here to do what I've always wanted to do, which is, you know, record music, perform music and just be around other entertainers. Right. 
So while all this is playing out, I was really in awe. Like it took me a second too for it, like for me to fathom what was really going on because I was like, man. I'm really, like, living out that dream that I've had for myself. Like, it took, like, don't get me wrong, it took a long time to really get here. And I'm not even mm -hmm. where I want to be here. That's the crazy part. But just seeing things like I came back from London, I did a radio interview out in London. Right. I was able to promote my music out there. And then I come back to SAC and I see all these London, like, um, publications writing articles about me while I was out there. That's I was up. like, that is crazy. Like, <laughs> That is insane. And then a couple of days later, my IG gets verified. And I was like, all right, cool, we're doing this. Like, right. Exactly. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, that's still a step. Like, it's not really, like, it's it's a big deal. But at the same time, it's like, that's not the end of the goal. So we're still right. working for it, like, towards it. And then a couple of days later, hey, would you be able to come to France, like, Paris to do some shows? I was like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. When, yeah. When am I probably like, when are we booking this? Like, when are we booking the venues? Why, why, uh, when am I getting the tickets? So. Right. What are you kind of looking at, you know, musical team wise, right? Like, when it comes to like producers or maybe managers helping you book stuff, or is it all you? Uh, so far, it's just literally me as my man, as my own manager and mm -hmm. like doing my own booking. But like, I have a team behind me who helps me with my photography, my videography, mm -hmm. uh, merch, and all that stuff. So, like, those are like, the people who help me with those, is, they're like family to me. They're like my brothers and sisters. So we all just like, we move together. But mm -hmm. like business-wise, I try to take care of that on my own until yeah. I find like someone, you know, who I can talk to on like a base-to-base -base level where, you know, I can hand that over to who's going to help me take care of all that. So Okay. But it sounds like you're putting your people on though. Like, oh, yeah, most saying. definitely. Yeah, because like they put me on. I wouldn't be here without the contributions they put in mm -hmm. for me because like, I'm, I'm not sure if people are aware of how much it costs for a photo shoot or for videos. <laughs> like, it's an arm and a leg, man. Especially, and then, like, you have to cater to the videographer's needs. Like, hey, if you're going to bring me out to U City or whatever, whatever, like, it's, it costs a lot more if you're going to go out there, like, all that. But it's so, it, it seems so much easier because I have my best friends and my family members to, like, help me with that. So right. it makes the process a lot more easier. Uh, another question that I wanted to ask you. So uh, your last, uh, I'm not sure if it was an EP album slash mixtape, uh, was called uh, uh, Like Something Out of a Movie. Yes, sir. And that came out in 2017. And uh -huh. you also dropped like an EP, I believe, yeah. as well, uh, in 2018. Uh, so those are like the last like kind of full length projects that you have. Or do yes, you sir. have any like full length projects? Oh yeah, working? definitely. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. You say y'all talking about that? y'all talking about the uh, past. So pretty much, right. <laughs> like something out of a movie came out right around the part when I started getting on the TVs and radio bookings. Right. That's why it's called like something out of a movie because literally my life was unfolding like something you would see on a movie. Right. So um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. like, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has songs on there like Dreams and like Sacramento Proud, So Wavy, which definitely became a bigger song than I expected because that's, that's what song. got me more TV bookings. Exactly. So then um, after that, you know, I just kind of sat back a little, just let everything soak in and then see where I can take it next. And then I linked up with my friend who's um, I've known since... 2016 mm -hmm. he's a producer for me like we went to ARC together before I transferred to Sac State and, you know he linked up with me he's like hey I have some beats like we can stick together real quick and put together an EP so like we recorded a whole EP called Project 88 right and it's supposed to be a sequel to it called oh pl I'm sorry Planet 88 there's supposed to be a sequel to it called Project 88 and um that's in the works currently but also at the same time like I took some time apart to learn how to produce on my own because, like, okay. writing is, is fun, you know, like, recording is fun. But at the same time, like, I need the confidence of, like, going into making a beat where 
I don't have to call someone like, hey, this is how I'm feeling and this is the type of beat I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And they send me a whole bunch of beats and I have to like play through all of them. It's I feel like it's a tedious process. So I took on production. So the last, what, three years, four years before, since my last project, I've been working on production. Okay. So now I have a project coming out called BID. It's called Before I Depart. Okay. It's kind of like, a, like I said, like Notorious BIG is like mm-hmm. very influenced. It's called BID. It's called Bef- uh, Before I Depart. Kind of like his Ready to Die like album. Right. Yeah. But like, it, it's just detailing a whole bunch of events that has been happening in my life since my last project and like okay. all the great things that's been happening. Um, on there, I have a, I have a song called, uh, I have a song called uh, Devil Wants My Soul. So the background story to that is pretty much like since all this great things have been going on in my life, there's been like, I've encountered a couple situations where, you know, like it was life or death situations and yeah. I was able to get out of it. So like, and there's been numerous of those occasions. So Devil Wants My Soul pretty much like depicts like the story behind that. Like I said, like I'm a storyteller. So there's a part of the song where it's called, um, been through adversities, devil. Um, been through adversities. What well, played with adversities? Sat with the devil five times. Had a smiley face. Um, I pray the next time, like I have that type of encounter, the, like the Lord's with me again. You know, like just mm-hmm. just little things like that. Um, after this, like I'll play you guys a couple of, like songs and stuff. Yeah, so sure. it's called BID. That's already completed. It's coming in the next two months, and then Ooh. we have the part two already in the works right now. Bid two, mm-hmm. uh, the, we shot the cover for it already. So we're just, I'm just working on like productions for that and just lining up the uh, track list and stuff. So that's what I'm talking about. Yes, Bid coming out next couple months. You heard it here first. Yes, sir. You <laughs> definitely heard it here first. We break music news first. We gonna have a great IG compilation of just artists breaking their music right here on this podcast. <laughs> Yes, sir. I want to hear some of the music because we've had a lot of like, yeah, we've had no, a lot I'm of artists on. I'll play you guys some stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, you mentioned a couple like uh, songs that you're uh, probably gonna preview. Um, which one was like one of your favorite ones to make? If you have one on the project, is there's a song called "I'm Alive." Okay. And that one was a. It, it's like it's more of the like the emotional side because, like, I grew up like I grew up in a culture where it's just we don't really speak on emotions, you know, we just try to keep everything, like, because as a man, you're just supposed to take it to the chin and, you know, right. go on the next step, like, what's next? But um, I'm Alive is definitely one of one, uh, one of their uh, Good Die Young. Uh, it goes, they say the good die young, that's why I hope to stay. Before I go to bed, I pray to God to see another day. And it just kind of, um, that song pretty much just depicts a lot of the situations that was going on within the last two years with the whole Black Lives Matter stuff, mm-hmm. uh, police shootings, and just like the, a lot like a lot of injustice going on. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called The Good Die Young. And I'm just saying, like, and that song I'm pretty much talking about some, like, I'm a black-skinned, you know, like, American, and it's a blessing every time I get to go out the house and come back in because that's one thing my mom's very big on because my mom's, you know, my mom's super cultural. She's super Nigerian. <laughs> she's super Nigerian, so she's just, she, she worries, I, like, she worries a lot, you know, if I go out and, you know, it's been a few, like, f- multiple hours and she's like, hey, I'm just checking on you. Like, are you good? Like, not just my mom, just, like, my family members also. Like, I know I have friends who are in the same, like, wavelengths where it's just, there's so much going on in the world that you, you just want to make sure your kids make it back home. So yeah. I definitely feel her in that one. So there's that. And then Devil Wants My Soul. So it's pretty much those three put together just tells like a really huge story like a lot of people will really know about me so that's why i've been like i have the 
project like I could I could have put the project in a full length album, but I figured put it into EPs, you know, separate parts while I still have a main album working right. on, just so you know, like I'm I have a continuous story to tell. I love that, and I I love how like you're describing like you know your songs and. You know, basically, it seems like uh, all of your songs have a message to it, and that's one of the one of my favorite things about you know rap music is you know the message that it has behind it. So I appreciate you know you telling us you know breaking down you know what each song means oh, um, course, and everything like that. Of yeah. course, you got the snippet ready. Pod going up, man. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so we shot the video as a two-part series where it's good die young and then the next transition is um devil wants my soul Devil want my soul It took a lot for me And I had to pay my toll Devil want my soul The devil want my soul Plague with adversities So there's that And then this is the video for I'm Alive So pretty much the story The background story to this is like we all go through like some crazy stuff in life, and it's up to you to either you know fight or flight. I was down for so long, looking like I had no hope. Some homie six feet under, others had to move that dough. They said they go and get tough, so I kept on going and I kept my faith. Have the things I see. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's tight. So, do you do you have a? video recording for all your songs off uh, of all the ones that i want to like to be to stand out like okay. so pretty much the dilemma between that so we have those three videos we're technically two videos because one's you know double but we're gonna put out the preview mm -hmm. my, um, my team wants me to put out a preview and see which one should be the leading single for the project okay so that's what we're on right now and all those songs that i play for you guys i produced them myself i wrote them myself that's engineered it myself so i've been trying to keep myself busy <laughs> this, whole, this whole time so yeah global superstar yes sir <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> all right young sam Thank you for joining the show today. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's been great having you on. Oh, yeah. And uh, do you want to let, you know, Sac State know about, you know, your uh, Spotify, Oh, yeah. Uh, IG, you guys can find that. me on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, wherever you stream music or, you know, YouTube. Uh, Young Sam, Y-U-N-G, space S-A-M. And social media, Twitter, Instagram. This is Young Sam, T-H-I-S-I-S-Y-U-N-G-S-A-M. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Keys in D Minor. Till next time, this is Key and Nyarch signing off. Peace. And we don't do it for the fame, but we do it for the game. So it's time to win a ring now. The best squad in the whole West. Sacramento Kings, home of the Braves. And we never really care what the mothers had to say. Cause we know our haters gon' hate. <laughs>